Hi there, and welcome to a very special episode of Foreigners and Fathers. Uh, my name is Dan, I'll be your host for this evening. And with me are two very special guests. You may have heard them on previous episodes. Um, first of all, I have the wonderful Pedro. Pedro, if you'd like to introduce yourself to my adoring fans for the podcast. Hello. Hi, yeah, I'm Pedro. Hi, you may have heard my voice before. Thank you. Okay, try not to steal too much of my thunder. And <laughs> my my other wonderful guest today, the almighty Viking in my life, Bruno. Hi. Hi, Bruno. So, um, thanks both of you for taking the time out of your busy schedules <laughs> to join me on my podcast today. Uh, it's really a great opportunity. I thought this would be a really good pilot episode for this special foreigners and fathers side quest about star wars yeah it's amazing so how do you find being a foreigner here in the uk uh well personally i've i've been subjected to quite awful awful uh, abuse and intolerance <laughs> ever since ever since i foot step uh, set foot on the shores of mainland uk uh being an isle of whiter <laughs> Uh, people often look down on me. They immediately assume I own a tractor, and <laughs> I actually can't drive. So jokes on them. Uh, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about how much of a struggle life has been for me coming from a uh, a small island in the south. We're we're here to talk about Star Wars today. Indeed, Yay. indeed, and thank you very much for that, Dan. Um, for anyone confused out there. Um, uh, that is Dan. Dan is our special guest today. He is going to help us go through uh, Star Wars. Um, you may have heard of it before, maybe. Um, and uh, uh, we're going to dissect it a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to rant about it. This is something that uh, when Dan came uh, on the podcast previously, um, he had uh, we, we had promised him that we were going to do it. Um, and Dan's uh, a big friend of ours for a few years uh, now. And uh, he's always one to talk about Star Wars. I have had those conversations on numerous occasions. And I just thought that it would be good. We just thought that it would be good um, uh, for me uh, and uh, you, Bruno, uh, to have that perspective for that when Nico and Nim are listening to uh you know our experiences and our thoughts on the matter in the future so that they can have some sort of idea about you know what star wars means or doesn't mean for our lives um so yeah what wh what do you think uh i mean yeah i i love star wars uh th that being said i i hate saying that i love, love star wars because i don't know much about it i mean i think i know just as much as anyone but i'm not like an encyclopedia of it. So you're gatekeeping yourself. Yeah, I, I always do that though. To be fair, I always gatekeep myself. Uh, but yeah, no, I like I like it, uh, and I find it very. The thing is, the reason why I'm gatekeeping myself is because I like it, but I keep finding flaws in it, and I keep thinking to myself, Ooh, I don't really like it that much, but I do. Yeah, you, you'll see what I mean once once we start talking. Perfect. I mean, I've started talking. I don't know about anyone else. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so, so we thought that what would be good for this episode is if we kind of go through 
um, in release order in terms of what came out, what that meant for us, um, when we watched it, what sort of flaws it had. Um, so um, with that in mind, um, I think that what would be really interesting um, is if you take us through, uh, starting with episode four of Star Wars, um, Dan. So if you want to take us through a little bit of your thoughts of, you know, the, the you know, a little bit of what's going on with the episode. Um, and uh, um, f starting from the fact, and this is just my small introduction on it, which is that when it came out originally, it wasn't even episode four, right? So it was just Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. So, um, because there was nothing the, before. Yeah, the, the the film we've got to sort of see and know and love has actually a, a re-released version, if I remember correctly, as well. The the original Star Wars had it, it never intended to be a trilogy. There's um there was a bet between George Lucas and Steven Spielberg about um which film would have more success, and they bet that whichever film um i think i think and the this was, was star something... wars and what and et oh okay uh yeah sorry bit of an important detail there um but i think there was something like one one percent of revenue made by the uh the ip the the intellectual property would be um paid to the other person and they made this bet basically both of them i guess in a sort of a downtrodden way of no yours will be the best no yours will be the best um, oh okay I see, yeah I see. and uh steven spielberg has made an absolute fortune out of it because there were it was put into writing do you think they honored it i, I understand that they did yeah it might be something mm. we'd have to look up for the for the show notes i'm sure there's a link on on the story somewhere but um i, I believe uh, you'll need to fact check me here but i believe he's made an absolute killing off of it because there was no stipulations about whether this would include future films toys games anything it was just value of the ip so um yeah i think he made an absolute killing out of it but yeah let's let's not digress too much how, how did you get into star wars then both of you uh I basically got into Star Wars because everyone was into Star Wars. I don't know if I'm explaining myself. So everyone kept raging how Star Wars was like the creme of the creme. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll check it out. And that's how I got into it. And then I, it's good that you clarify because I actually wanted to ask. Like, So he never intended it to be a, a trilogy then. I mean, sorry, a, a six movie thing even. So... Um... I'll take this one, Pedro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my understanding is that it was never thought to have, have had the the kind of commercial success um, that it did. It was very much a passion project for George Lucas, and um, it wasn't really made in what was seen as a traditional storytelling method or movie-making method at the time. And the original Star Wars, rather than being seen as like a pure sci-fi action or a drama, was was sort of made to be considered like a space opera. 
which is one of the yeah. reasons why it's still called that i think yeah and it's it's one of the reasons why it's it's associated with having like a, a full orchestra playing the score for it it's it's one of the the the, the main most powerful things that has remained true throughout all of the the nine ma major films that they've made is that they have had one of our lifetimes if not all times greatest composers making a incredible score for the entire series of, of films and um the actually now that you mention it i never realized just how epic the, and i don't mean epic in the actual uh, the traditional way of of the genre of epic i mean how good it is but i'm quoting it all the time i'm always like and the imperial march is is incredibly well known but i never actually realized that all oh, the canteen music but i never actually crossed my mind just how impactful uh, the music is of star wars i never quite realized it yeah It's become a huge part of pop culture. Um, I doubt you'll find a, uh, a a TV show or like cartoon like out there that's that's one of those shows that's been on for five to ten seasons that won't have some sort of Star Wars reference or reference joke. Yeah, or yeah dedicated episode like Family Guy did it. South Park, I'm pretty sure, done it. The Simpsons has done it. It's really permeated all of our pop culture isn't it it's just like yeah. every corner that's kind of i think i guess that's kind of what you meant bro. i don't know how old you were when you started getting into it but i i guess the thing is you can't really escape it like if, regardless if you know the story if you don't know the story whatever happens like you can't really escape it yeah exactly no that that's what i mean like it basically at this point especially with my taste everyone was rambling on of how awesome Star Wars is, right? So I was, I figure, well, might as well see it and see what the the fuss is all about. And I have to say that, yeah, I liked it. It's it's good. But this is the part that I keep gatekeeping myself. In all honesty, the first time I saw it, I was like, no, I don't, I don't see it. Like it didn't age well. The special effects, even though everyone keeps saying just how breaking they are, and now that I know more about films and everything, I do understand how groundbreaking they were. Like, ground, ah, God damn it, I cannot even freaking speak. Groundbreaking they were. But at the moment, for me, it was like, eh, like it doesn't look that good. Not that the effects weren't awesome, mind you. It's just the quality of the film. It looked very grainy and old. Like it hasn't aged well. That's That's the part that I I think I shouldn't say I'm a fan of Star Wars because in all honesty I don't think it has aged that well the original trilogy in terms of quality of of visual quality and again I don't mean the effects because the effects they're practical and they're amazing but I mean how mm. it looks I don't know if I'm explaining myself yeah I think one of the things for me is I I, I saw it for the first time. As a kid, uh, I'm pretty sure it was my dad that introduced me to Star Wars when I was quite young, and I I can't say that it has aged badly because if I if I look at any other time period for a for a film special effects to stand up for what nearly 50 years now, 40 what was it the 60s the first one came out was it? 
Yeah. No, no. What, the 60s? Yeah. Did you say, yeah, no, the 60s? <laughs> okay, hang on. Wasn't it like 1977, the first well, one? Se- it 70s. was 1977 and then 1980 70s, okay. and then 1983, I want to say. Something like that. So for us to be sitting here and saying that the special effects haven't stood up as well as maybe they could have done and that the film has aged quite poorly for a film that was made 50 years ago how many other films do you watch or see oh yeah played often that are 50 years old so one of the things for me that no matter how old the film gets is it it will always carry that same sense of magic and that sense of yeah drama i mean i've 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 prepared some notes going through some of the the particular scenes and even as like a an opening segment as you you get an immediate sense of stakes we have to get these plans urgency yeah there is a sense of urgency and that that urgency is built by the tempo and again going back to the music um which is something that clearly has resonated with both of you 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 really get that music giving you that sense of tempo um yeah yeah yeah, for sure for sure and then that moment when vader comes through for the first time and you 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 see okay these are the minions these are the guys that have come through but this guy means business and you just know yeah he is the actual baddie absolutely and then another thing that episode four did really really well that i don't think they were able to really capture in any of the other movies quite in the same way um was having a comedic duo of characters one of which never spoke um, <laughs> what are you who's... talking about r2 is the one who's speaking all the time <laughs> yeah but it's, it's very much up to interpretation isn't it so the the comedic duo they managed to really make them a focal point of the movie make them into well-loved characters that could be appreciated by many different age groups without making them sort of caricatures without making them silly um so well it's it's funny that you mention r2 because in mexico and this affect me as well for the longest time r2d2 sounds and pedro probably can can vouch for it if uh, probably i don't know uh but r2d2 sounds a lot like the diminutive name for arthur I don't know in Portuguese, but in Spanish. So in Spanish, Arthur is Arturo. So little Arthur would be Arturito. So a lot of people, me included, thought that R2-D2 was actually named Arturito. That's amazing. Little Arthur. <laughs> yeah. So we all thought it was like Citripio and little Arthur. So that, that even threw me off more. It's like, why is this guy called Arturito? That, that doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> that is a really yeah, good sure. bit. Yeah, I'm sure that there's. I've seen something about this as well, like some translation or something like that, where they just call him Arturito. Um, yeah, so I think I've seen something like that. Um, I think I, I I don't actually think that. So there's a few thoughts about you know my introduction to to Star Wars and all of it. I was also introduced by my dad. And, um, um, yeah, we had, like, the VHSs or 
we wanted to get the VHSs and he just loved it when it first came out. And uh, I remember watching it and it's kind of a similar feeling. Like I, overall, as a film, I don't think that it it's like anything amazing per se i remember having but i remember like watching it for the first time and there is a certain kind of magic for the first time when it comes about like the lightsaber duel and you go like wow you know magic swords in a way and you kind of go like wow amazing and um, and then you go like vader it imposes a presence on you and all the special effects were really well done for the time and all of that so i think that the the issue one of the issues and this might have impacted how we viewed it is that when i originally viewed it i knew that it existed but i didn't really have sort of much of an idea about what it was or what it wasn't i think that um when i then uh, what happens a lot of times is that you if you rewatch it with the lens of everything you know about the films, I think it decreases that quality because I think that the experience of Star Wars relies very heavily on the first time that you've watched it, especially if you don't know anything about it. Because if you know information, if you know what lightsabers are, because it's everywhere, if you know the general stuff around it it loses a lot of its magic so i think that's that's where it got a lot of its magic was when it came out and it marked the generation so you think that that, you think that for us it's not as impactful as it was for the first generation uh yeah i i think it wasn't as impactful i think i feel like for me it was a lot more impactful the, the the prequels and we might get to it but yeah for me the prequels were a lot more impactful no i agree i was just wondering if that's what you were saying i actually agree with it and I'm quite I will say, I mean, we're going to go back to the, the prequel. So, I mean, we're going to talk about the prequel, so I'm not going to uh, dwell too much into it. But uh, for me, the prequels lost a lot of impact because they're prequels. Okay. So I I have something that I think I have spoken with that with to Dan. Um, maybe it wasn't. It was exactly about Star Wars. Now I'm not sure. But we have st- uh, talked about how, for me, if there's no stakes... It feels like, what's the point? And I feel like with the sequels, uh, there are no stakes because, well, you know what's going to happen, don't you? So we were actually talking about the Obi Wan TV series. Uh, oh yeah, there when, we go. When you said this, and I, I made, I made a point then that it's very much still introducing a new, um, and a new sort of generation of people to the series that maybe haven't watched those other things but i i also do feel that we it it isn't just about stakes it's about fleshing out a universe and it's about expanding upon lore and expanding upon the different dynamics and giving a backstory one of the things that pedro touched on there is about losing the magic when you know too much and i find that a very interesting concept because of my my brain works very much in the opposite way. I oh, I, yeah. I want to consume any, anything and everything there is for for Star Wars because I feel like it adds to the magic. And I would say that my enjoyment yeah. of the series has expanded as I've learned more about it rather than... No, 
I, I agree with that, but it's more about like that first impression. Like you don't, you don't get back the first time you see a lightsaber uh, um, yeah. go up. You don't get back the first time that it's revealed about Vader's, uh, you know, parentage to to look. So you don't get those moments back. Is what I mean. Like, and I think that mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say is, when the audiences watch that in the cinema for the first time in 1970. 1980 etc i think that those moments were just like incredible you know it's yeah. kind of the way i actually have thought about these in terms of comparison and for me and we're not going to talk about that because that's the subject probably for another side quest <laughs> but for me it's the same thing as you know watching the snap of thanos for the first time it's that kind of you can't you know if you rewatch it and you know that's going to happen and you know all the films and all the series that came after it it lessens that original impact and sometimes there are yeah. some some things that you go through as a generation that mark you and this is what i mean like i liked it because i was a kid and you know cool lightsabers but for me it was a lot more marking the prequels precisely because of what you're saying because they were expanding my knowledge they were building on okay what do you know about star wars and what can we make you love about star wars even more and i think that uh, because I was a kid, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed the prequels a lot more because uh, the the original ones, and even if you watch them nowadays, they're very slow, especially when it comes to like lightsaber duels. Mm. Yeah, I think I think they are very much a different type of film. I I, I will get onto my descriptions a lot more when we when we get to them, um, but I I feel. Comparing the trilogies is is somewhat difficult to do because they are so different, um, and it's interesting to me that you compare it with the the Thanos snap to seeing a lightsaber ignite for the first time because seeing a lightsaber ignite for the first time happened relatively early on in in Star Wars in in A New Hope and. Yeah, I totally agree. It was a like a oh my god, what's what's this moment? And um, I don't know. In in terms of sort of an, an epic, defining, awe-inspiring moment, the the Thanos snap was what ten, fifteen years of of our lifetime worth of investment at that point. So yeah, I. I definitely agree with you in terms of the message you're trying to deliver thereof. Once you know, it's never going to have that same su suspense. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe I can't say this about the original movies. Um, but I even now I'm watching Clone Wars through again because I love it so much. Um, I've been listening to the audiobooks for the series to, to expand mm, my my knowledge and to expand my sort of exposure to the universe and prepare myself for the things that are to come and in interestingly I, I i think one of the biggest things that gets overlooked from episode four um just taking it back to episode four i think luke actually gets overlooked in the star wars series quite Dude, a lot interesting now. um I think they put an awful lot of effort in the prequels to 
basically making sure that Anakin and, and Darth Vader was very much front and centre to the, the storyline. And I think in the original trilogy, uh, there was a lot of effort in put into making Han Solo into the the cool guy, the the greaser, the sort of the, the guy that the ladies want. And Luke was there to speak to people's sense of adventure. Um, and I think in a way that the low budget feel of where he grew up um, with with like the, the moisture farm uh, with sort of right. Uncle, Uncle Owen and uh, Aunt Baru just really adds to that sense of adventure of wow this this guy really must want to get out of here and, and explore the world explore the universe <laughs> um so i i personally feel that, that that stands up do i love to see tatooine more and more now that it's been expanded on and that they've shown us that it is actually a quite a vibrant and populated planet absolutely but do i think it stands up that he is uh stuck on this farm in the middle of nowhere uh yeah absolutely too so um i think it's it's just a little bit unfair to compare them um but i think one of the things that stands the most true about episode four more so than any of the other movies is there is just a real sense of urgency a sense of adventure and a sense of drama and it is very much put together in the speed and style of a play rather than a movie yeah yeah i i, I wouldn't disagree with that no me neither um, um well but uh, the thing is it follows the the hero's journey isn't it like i'm not criticizing it but it's not it's the groundbreaking part was the special effects. I, I mean, I understand why people like it and everything, but when you go into actual storytelling and and myths, and again, this may come based on my bias, uh, but it's not that groundbreaking. It's the the hero that doesn't know he's a hero, but then realizes he's been destined to be the hero all along. And there's the villain that goes through the redemption arc. And that being said, the one thing that it did do very well is the damsel in distress. Because it's a damsel in distress that end up saving the blumbering idiots that go and save her. Like, they go out, they save her, but they basically just brought her the tools to save herself because they fumbled up. So that was groundbreaking. That was actually really good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's created some really famous lines as well. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Um, I love you. Yeah, I know. I use it all the day, all the time. Like every day, I use that that line. <laughs> There's a famous scene as well. Um, I believe. I think it's four again. Maybe I'm putting my knowledge to shame here. But is it is it the scene where the the stormtrooper bangs his head? It is the four. Yeah, yeah they go walking and thunk. You can even yeah. hear the thunk. Like it just speaks to me to the budget that went into that movie being made. Like I don't think it was a large budget movie. I don't think that they had um, the, the the kind of budget that even Episode Five had. Um, well, yeah, for sure. Why were you laughing when I was mentioning that it wasn't groundbreaking, Pedro? What was so funny about me saying that it follows the hero's journey? <laughs> no, no, no. I 
<laughs> what was funny is that I was thinking about the side quest, and I was just thinking that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't actually know exactly where you stood with Star Wars. We never really discussed it in depth, but I didn't realize that this was going to be a, you know, a devil's advocate kind of position. <laughs> um, because way you've been describing it, but that's the thing. That's why I'm so conflicted, though, because I actually like it, and I dwell a lot into the expanded universe and. Before it was Legends, while it was still canon, and I know a lot about like Luke's nephew and and grandson and Grey Jedi's and stuff like that. Because, <laughs> funnily enough, it's not because I consume the media; it's because my brain works in a way that to, today was like, huh, today I want to learn about Star Wars, and I went into Wikipedia and I learned about Jay Solo and. Caden uh, Skywalker and Grey Jedi's and stuff like that. And then they turned all that into legends. And I was like, ah, oh, there goes hours of Wikipedia rabbit hole <laughs> wasted because obviously that was such a productive time. <laughs> but this is what I mean. Like every time we, I, I just, you know, we're talking about it. And it's good that you're offering counterpoints, but it just feels funny because that just goes like, oh, you know, uh, this was really cool and all of that. And you just go like, I guess. Yeah. I thought we were all going to rant about it, and it's good. I think it is good. There's nothing wrong with it. I just didn't realize. I just thought that you were a little bit closer <laughs> to it. But, you know, don't get me wrong. That's really part of... That's very... It's not too dissimilar from how I feel about Star Wars. Um, but uh, I just find I just found it funny when you started saying it. The thing is, I like it a lot. But I just because I like something doesn't mean that I don't hold it up to scrutiny. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I like it a lot. But I like it despite its flaws. Not because it doesn't have them. I don't know if I'm yeah. explaining it myself. Oh, like, it, at the end of the day, so I love the series. I love what they did. I love the expanded universe. I love the races. I love the way in which George Lucas hired a team of people to cover its plot holes. Like, why is it if it's an alien <laughs> galaxy and everything, all the Empire are humans? We all know that the real answer is because we didn't have the budget to keep making costumes. But some writer once said, oh, because Palpatine was a racist and he only liked humans. <laughs> and that makes it this general. What is the name, Dan, of the blueskinned general that they made canon when they introduced him in Rebels? Thrawn. That one, he, that made him even more terrible because he's one of the few aliens that managed to climb the steps of the ladder and be like this super dangerous alien and that is from the, the Outer Ring. Again, th that was all legend, so I don't know if that still uh, uh, is canon or not. But I know that he they made him canon on, it, on Legends. I did see canon. Legends. What? Yeah, Thrawn is canon. Yeah, 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 yeah but they, he's they, still they, from they the Outer Rings. Back. So they they actually announced. Um, I, I feel like we could do a whole another side quest on uh, <laughs> on extended universe because this this is where my true Star Wars passion comes out because oh, the extended the extended universe is what makes Star Wars for me. But, I agree. Um, no, I agree. My my love for Star Wars comes from the expanded universe. That's why every time we mention the main saga, I'm like. But have you noticed that there's no creativity whatsoever, and it's just really oh, space Buddha with Jesus? Yeah, but it's it's very much acknowledging where it came from as well, though, Bruno. It's very much acknowledging like this. None of this would have been possible if it wasn't for George Lucas having a passion project that he put together 
with a small budget and never really ever saw it blowing up in the way that it did. But yeah, yeah, just, I seen... mean, it, yeah, isn't the thought her. that he's not that he's you know George Lucas is not a great writer. He's not a good. He's not a great director. What he is is that he's an amazing universe builder, isn't it, or world builder? Yeah. Uh, well, again, that's where I go into my rants. The, the majority of things that I love about Star Wars is Expanded Universe, which he really didn't have that much to do with. He was just basically saying, uh, yeah, sure, you, you can do that. I approve it. I think what really broke Star Wars, as in to make it a pop culture icon, was the plot twist, because movies didn't have that many plot twists, I think, because everyone rambage about it. And the special effects. Like, the special effects are freaking amazing. Even with the small budget, the miniatures, the detail they have, and because they're miniature and they're practical, you actually see the weight of them moving and stuff like that. Mm. And yes, years later, you can say, why is this start the, 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 like, the, oh, I forgot the name, the Death Star exploding if there's no oxygen in space, or why do you hear the pew, pew, pew if we're in space? But that really doesn't matter. Like, the miniatures, the way they move, the, the aesthetics of the the show, I think what George Lucas did very well, don't get me wrong, is he grabbed bits of pieces of everywhere and made a good story with it. Like, he grabbed the story of Buddha and he made Anakin. Uh, I mean, yeah, Anakin. He he grabbed the aesthetics of the samurais and the stories about, like, Jojimbo and Samurai 7 and he made Jedis. Like, it, he, he was really good at picking stuff that weren't so much not much known and making making them his own i guess mm, i i think that's i think that's very uh, not very but I, I think that's a little bit reductionist in terms of what he did i think that he was really good at building the universe and sure you can go all about like oh but he borrowed from this he borrowed from that yeah but at the end of the day if you look through a lens like that there's no original story like every story comes from something else yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's it, what he did was special and it was the beginning of something special like you we can talk about people expanding on on what he did but there's still the credit and there's still the originality and there's still what he did originally that's still his vision and if it wasn't for him none of it would have come out the way that it has and like it's a lot easier if you build on uh, an, an existing universe than creating your own which is why like fan fiction there's a lot of fan fiction around like harry potter and all of that because it's a lot easier just to expand on what's already out there but to have that spark of creating it from scratch even if you're borrowing from something else and even you know we're not talking about harry potter but even the harry potter thing it borrows elements from so many other places like it's it's really special to have that original um idea and put it all together and some of it may be conscious some of it may not be conscious but uh, um but yeah i think that there is definitely some credit there but um but i i do see what you mean as well so i don't entirely disagree with it i, I but yeah one of my favorite things about um and i i say this in a very dark way but one of my favorite things about um episode four is how quickly grief passes oh um, yeah that's amazing <laughs> oh, <laughs> i think i know uh, what you mean so he when when luke goes out into the the desert 
uh, and gets saved by Obi-Wan and then comes back and his uncle and aunt that have raised him from birth have been, basically, they're just smouldering black piles on the floor. They look like burnt logs. And uh, yeah. he gets upset for about 15 seconds and just carries on with his day. <laughs> it's like, oh no, anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> so like, well, I guess I have to come with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no. something that happened because the plot needs to move forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it's it's the same later on when, when Obi-Wan passes um, and, and, and sacrifices himself and uh, becomes a, a, a force ghost for the first time. Like, Wait, it, what do you mean for the first time? He becomes a force ghost twice? Uh, no, I mean more that it is the first we see of force yeah. ghosts in Star Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I, I was being dumb. Um, no, I could have explained that more clearly, to be fair. But uh, e- even then, Luke's like, no, and we're going. <laughs> so it's, uh... not, not even that. A whole planet goes kablooey, and they're like, oh, no, the planet. Well, yeah. where, where do we go now? We yeah. missed the base. You're, you're totally right. <laughs> Leia's just like, no, every single person I ever knew and loved is dead. You'll pay for this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> it's not the best in that aspect. But, but, I just have to f- imagine like the 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 meeting that they were having. You know, when they were deciding what goes in and what goes out. Like you have to imagine that at some point, maybe Luke's uncle and aunt they didn't die, and then they were like, "Oh, you know, th- we need to cut down on the time of the film." Um, so we have like twenty minutes of Luke trying to escape from home and his uncle and aunt they don't allow him to and mm. the George Lucas just goes like kill them kill the whole thing kill them <laughs> uh, they just show up dead let's move on cut to I, the um, next scene <laughs> there's there's a really really funny uh, uh, there's no there's no way this is real it can't be real I really hope it is but um, obviously like well not obviously but one one of the biggest financial incentives for keeping the star wars universe going is the amount of money they make through toys and the toy of uh the uncle and auntie where they're just oh just in the sealed packaging it's just the two smoldering (laughs) corpses (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. i saw that i saw that That i think it's absolutely brilliant but again going back to what i said earlier the grief timing it's very much the sense of, well, this is clearly meant to be a play, isn't it? This is like the curtains are drawn or the lights have gone out with the, the character going, no, and the end scene, <laughs> move yeah, on yeah, to the yeah, next yeah. scene. Grief has now passed. So it is it is very much written like a play. Um, and like, yeah, I, I think the, the, the first film was magical, I think. It has set up almost unknowingly at the well, completely unknowingly at the time, presumably, but it is it is set up one of the most famous villains, certainly of of our lifetime. Um, I I can't really think of a more famous villain, and I think almost everyone that I know, even people that don't like Star Wars. If you were to stand behind them 
and play the sound of Darth Vader breathing, they would instantly know what it was. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, For sure. So, yeah, it's, it's just become such such a huge part. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the real juicy bits... Uh, very much going to be when we get to the uh, the extended universe because I I have so much to talk about. But I mean, we're we're nearly forty minutes into recording already, and we're we're just sort of wrapping up on episode four. So I imagine that's going to be for another time. Yeah, I think that we'll have to go a bit more like around uh, the themes of the eras rather than focusing on every episode individually. Um, otherwise, and. You know, otherwise we're never going to get out of here, as you say. We, we're going to stay here until tomorrow. But in terms of um, just in general with the original trilogy, um, like, you know, what sort of what do you feel that it has been in terms of the contribution, its biggest advantages, its biggest disadvantages, and how, how do you feel about it? Like, for example, everyone pretty much considers that episode 5 is really the shining star of the Star Wars universe, at least as far as the original uh, trilogy is considered, but really, uh, this is actually funny, that some people say that episode 5 is basically the only very good film of Star Wars, everything else is worse than that, or is like below quality and a lot of people felt that even at the time episode 6 was already declining in quality episode 5 is by far my favorite Star Wars movie yeah yeah I would totally agree with that um there are bits that I love from from the other movies but um yeah episode 5 having Hoth as an opening sequence introducing a new planet introducing a high stakes thing to essentially explain why Mark Hamill's face is scarred now. Um, yeah. It was quite oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and him having to basically be slashed across the face by a big Yeti thing. Um, Obi-Wan actually comes back as a force ghost, um, which I actually have quite an interesting note on. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, just to, to answer your question, first of all, like, episode five was the one where I think George really got to put his passion on screen with the time and energy and budget that he wanted to maybe give the first movie. And he was able right. to give that story the love it deserved. Um he introduced some amazing new set settings rather than sort of i mean mo most of the fourth fourth star wars uh or episode four rather was filmed either in a, a desert or in warehouses right like it was it yeah was, yeah yeah it was very low budget but like episode five you've got cloud city you've got hoff you've got dagobah like you've got the introduction of Yoda, you've got puppetry being used for the first time. Like yeah. he's he's introduced so much more to it, um, and it, he end, ended it on an, an in my opinion one of the okay I'm, I'm obviously incredibly biased here, but one of the greatest cliffhangers of my generation of of recent generations in you're not that old. 
um, in Han Solo. I still don't think there's been a better cliffhanger, but in in Han Solo getting captured in carbonite um, and put in carbonite and sent to um, Jabba. Uh, and I heard that part of that was because they weren't sure whether he, uh, uh, Harrison Ford was coming back as well. Did you hear that? I haven't heard this, no. Yeah, apparently, like, it's, I, I don't know how true it is, but apparently it was, like, they did, they weren't sure whether Harrison Ford was going to sign up for one more film or not, uh, so they kind of put that cliffhanger just in case they needed to get out of it and they could have a, an explanation as to why he wouldn't show up on the next film. Um, so probably worth you having a look to see how true that is, but I'm glad yeah. that in an episode with Star War about Star Wars <laughs> with you, I managed to tell you something that you might not have heard about. Well, I know, I know that his movie career was taking off because before the first Star Wars, he had not had any acting titles really, and he was George Lucas's carpenter. Sure, he, sure, sure. Wait, he was George Lucas's carpenter. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was doing work on George Lucas's house, and George Lucas used to run lines with him uh, because he was he was there, basically, and then wow. he he wrote the character of, of Han Solo for for him, and that is what really? lifted his his acting career. Yeah, um, I didn't know that either. Yeah, and also going back to Mark Hamill's car crash. The part of Indiana Jones was originally uh, went to Mark Hamill. Um, he was set to play Indiana Jones and then couldn't because he was in recovery when they were filming the first Indiana Jones movie. So it was his friend Harrison Ford that stepped into that as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's there's Very interesting. so many interesting little uh, factoids around tidbits Star Wars and yeah, yeah. yeah there's so so much so well much. It, it's not surprising considering all the following it has mm. um so yeah and what about the Ewoks cute or annoying I liked them when I was a kid then I was a teenager and I was like oh they're stupid and I like them again <laughs> I I love them in a sense um I like that they've made like a a more at first glass glance primitive race um they're not primitive at all but i like that that's something that they sort of challenged the audience with and i like that it added another, another layer to c3po that they were revering him yeah as, i like that part as well as a as a god but uh, <laughs> yeah that they when i when i saw um Star Wars again when I was a little bit older when I was in high school I had I mean is it is it is it burning someone to name them in with their full name if they're technically a published author but I had a no, teacher I, I had a teacher at high school called MJ Tro and he is a history book author and he was my history teacher in, in high school and he's a delightfully entertaining man really really good dude like knew his stuff clear clear passion for everything he taught but my god did that man look like an ewok and, uh, 
I just couldn't unsee it. The whole time that I had lessons with this guy, all I could see was I'm being taught history by an Ewok. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll see if I can find a a picture of him online to send to you separately. But yeah, I I did have that um, in my mind. But yeah, going back to just Force force Ghosts, um, it's actually got a very interesting extended universe backstory um and the only bit in the full set of trilogies really that doesn't make a whole amount of sense actually happens in this trilogy which is when um and they they replaced the actor now with the newer version because they they did have uh, a, a, another actor show playing uh, as Anakin, but when Darth Vader eventually meets his demise, uh, he comes back as a Force ghost right at the end of Episode Six. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is in fact a very limited number of Force ghosts. Uh, Yoda had to go through a extraordinary set of trials to unlock the secrets and knowledge of becoming Force Ghosts after he was instructed to do so by Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm. He was the first one to discover how to do it, right? Yeah, Qui-Gon discovered how to do it, but died before... Or rediscovered, but actually died whilst he was still learning, so... This is, in the extended lore, is why Qui-Gon is not able to appear... As he just only ghost. he can only talk but not materialize can, exactly and he explains that he hasn't finished his training but he's dead so that would imply that even though he's passed on he's training within the force so in the extended mm-hmm. universe as well and this is now legends material bruno so you might be familiar with this um but when padme dies essentially of of sadness um she actually becomes a force ghost really yeah so i don't know if this is canon anymore um but there is a moment much later on where the entire skywalker family is reunited for the first time when years later padme is able to appear as a force ghost Um, seems a, a little bit plot convenience to me <laughs> yeah uh but yeah other other than that um the only person that didn't have any any form of of training or the chance to be told about it really was 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 anakin because he had oh he nailed jumped, it he had jumped over to the other side so it the, the bit that doesn't make sense for me is that he dies and then immediately appears as a force ghost yeah he nailed it nice. yeah but the the implication that uh, seems to be the the prevailing thought online is that it's just because of how incredibly powerful he was and that he was the chosen one yeah yeah um, yeah uh, i have yeah, one question I can buy it. one more question really for this this set of movies that i'd like to run past you you guys just to see what your opinion is go for it yeah is billy d the coolest mofo to ever be 
in a sci-fi movie. If who's Billy D? Sorry, I'm gonna disappoint you, but yeah, who's who is Billy, Billy D, D, mate? Lando. Lando Calrissian. Oh. He is I smooth. like him. He is slick. He is a complete con man. <laughs> and, yeah. He's, he's so cool. I appreciate his story a lot more. I, I appreciate Lando's story a lot more after a while than I did when I was younger. When I was younger, I was just annoyed that he betrayed them. I had a hard time <laughs> forgiving him. He's just like, how dare you, Lando? Yeah. Essentially. I like Lando. I'm... I always like Lando. I think he's really cool. I mean, he was he was so cool that the person that they got to step in and play him in a prequel version of himself was none other than Childish Gambino. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that um, movie sucked, though. Yes, yes, it did. Um, but probably more so than any other movie, I'm the most gutted that that one was bad because it looked like it was going to be a comeback for my all-time favorite villain in the star wars universe which you have yeah. already alluded to with the music that you were humming earlier jewel of fates oh yeah, okay fates yeah well i guess that's that's a good segue for us to get into the uh, prequels now mm. um so yeah, prequels. Very, very controversial. I think that's part of the reason why they're controversial is because Star Wars fans are probably the worst kind of fans you you have because they overanalyze everything and mm. they're highly critical of any choice. And uh, I think that really, really was brought to light with the prequels. Um, how was your experience with the prequels, both of you? At the beginning, when I went to the movie and saw the first one, Again, this is uh, that that just goes to show that I've been a bitter ass since I was a teenager. Because there's a scene in which, um, <laughs> oh no, actually correct me, but that's not the first prequel; it's the second one when Anakin just jumps off the car, chasing the assassin, and everyone in the movie was like, in the cinema was like, <gasps> and I'm like, we we know he's okay. Why why are you shocked? We know he's gonna be Darth Vader. Why is everyone like, oh no, Anakin jumped? So, I don't know, I had a hard time with that. Uh, but that is because I was a snarky butt. Uh, <laughs> but I actually liked it. I liked the sequence, the action sequence a lot, the dual lightsaber, I liked it a lot. When I was a kid and I saw the original, I was already used to cartoons having really good choreographed fighting scenes. So when I saw the ching, ching, ching of the originals, that's also why they didn't grab me the first time, because I was like, this is not sword fighting. This is just two guys hidden sticks but the prequels whoa they have choreographed like aerobatics aerobics or whatever you call it and pirouettes and more display of jedi powers and the drones were amazing i also remember again me being a snarky but uh, thinking why is the technology in the past better than the technology in the future like where are these drones and where are these spaceships in the <laughs> in the other one uh, yeah yeah, but, that can be a little bit tricky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, why, why are these like technology? Why is the technology so much better than in the other ones? Aren't they like in the future of this? Uh, it is but, all, all explained over time, but yeah, I know Palpatine was against technology and everything, but it's one of those plot holes that you have to cover up. It's, it's still a plot hole. I love yeah, the way they cover it true. up, it, but it's still it a plot hole. 
it wasn't really that much of a plot hole though like all of the robots and the the droids were the, the army of the trade federation they weren't the sith yeah but they palpatine was in charge army. of the of the trade federation like if you're creating the death star right why wouldn't you kill the the droidicas those things were killer mate droidicas were freaking amazing and this goes to show that I actually like Star Wars because I know the name of the robots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Droidicas yeah. were the ones that roll in a ball and have like a plasma shield. Yeah, Mate, yeah. they were killers. I love. No, I'm saying it for the general public that might not know. Uh, <laughs> they're they're amazing. And then Palpatine was like, you know that amazing tool that we have that could save us a lot of trouble recruiting people. Yeah, destroy it. So again, a but plot that, hole that you have to cover is still a plot hole. But I like it though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, no, I actually I actually agree with what Dan is saying. I think it makes a lot of sense from the perspective of they had, like, the Clone Wars, and the Clone Wars is what made them stop using all of that technology. No, that's what I'm saying, that I like it. it. I like the way they explain it, but just because you were able to cover a plot hole doesn't mean the plot hole wasn't there. It's what I was saying earlier. So, I like it, but I'm still going to hold it up to scrutiny. You know what I mean? To string um, it all together, though, Bruno... Palpatine, to string it all together, Palpatine was influencing the Trade Federation. He was not completely in control of them. So the the Trade Federation was was being run by the Viceroys. So um, they were the people that were having like the embargo, uh, the trade embargo on the boo. And yeah. the blockades, and they were the ones that were producing all of these robots. They were being backed by Palpatine, but they didn't fully know that it was Palpatine that was backing them. And okay, but what about the spaceships though? That explains the droid they cast. But why is the spaceships? Why is it that they're like not as good as the previous ones? In what way? Do I you actually mean? don't. Yeah, I actually don't see it with the spaceships. Mm. And also, you have to remember, like, yes, you're saying in terms of the plot holes, uh, because, oh, yeah, the plot holes still exist, but you have to remember that when the prequels were done, they introduce the robots and they resolve the robots. So is it really a plot hole if it's something that they introduce and they resolve at the same time? Because if a plot hole for me is when something is unintended. So for, you know... Um, uh, when some when they they have something that they they kind of forgot about it or something that they were like oops we can't really explain that for me that's more of a blood hole if they are introducing the robots and they're explaining why the robots aren't there uh, later on but there's an intention for it for me I see it less of a plot hole and more just the normal narrative I agree Do you know what I mean yeah, no, I agree, except for the fact that they didn't mention that Palpatine was against technology until a lot of fans pointed out what I'm saying. Like, where, where's your technology? Uh, mm, maybe. But no, but yeah. again, I, I like it. Don't get me wrong, I like it. It's just there's several things, nitpicks, uh, that I could go on. Like, for example, in the original like trilogy, Han Solo's like, Jedi? Who are the Jedi? Why are you talking about this ancient religion that no one believes in? That and then you see this you see yeah. the series of Obi-Wan, and they still know who the Jedi's e the, 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 like they're actively hunting the Jedi. And at that point Han Solo was already a freaking teenager. Oh, so what does a... he mean this ancient religion? There's a there's a bigger plot hole than that, Bruno. Um 
Yeah, so, I'm not even that worried about that one. But I yeah. agree that one is a plus the, one. But yeah, which a, one's bigger? So, we're just related to Han Solo alone, his companion is Chewbacca, right? Yeah, he he fought in the Clone Wars with Jabba out of yeah. everyone. So, yeah, because of their silly, silly needs to include Chewbacca in the third film in the the prequel trilogy alongside Yoda because they wanted to sell toys. Um, yeah. <laughs> they created a massive, massive plot hole. There's another massive plot hole. There's there's a massive plot hole in all three of these films in this in this trilogy. So the first film has actual two giant plot holes. One of them undermines the entire trilogy in itself. Um, but one of them is quite minor, but there is a, uh, a, a trade, like a barricade of ships forming like a trade block on Naboo, right? So right. the plot is that they're doing that and they're secretly sending an invasion force to Naboo to take it over. And there is this massive trade block and they have to fight their way to get past it. And then... The next time they travel, uh, it's just not there anymore. Inexplicably, <laughs> they're just able to travel through. And the uh, the other bit, which I think would be probably be better if we get onto that film, because uh, I have a lot of notes for the for the first film. But um, yeah, what? Well, yeah, go for it, it. It is the you have the high ground. Oh. Yeah, so Obi Wan, who is so confident that because he's probably twenty-five to thirty centimeters, has that much elevation over over Anakin. There's there's no possible way that Anakin could do anything other than get Jump destroyed. Above me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Anakin's like throwing out some pretty lazy dialogue. I'm not going to lie, the, the dialogue in these movies is, is like... <laughs> what are you awful. talking about? Shell, like, we, we have sand. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Don't you just hate sand? <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, Obi-Wan jumps up from a very defenseless position and cuts Darth Maul in half, who is an insanely powerful warrior and he sort of stands there and just does nothing while he gets cut in two after fighting off two fully trained jedi knights for the majority of the move like that the movie so yeah i mean much of what i can say about these movies would, would sound like i'm bitter and disappointed i absolutely love <laughs> yeah. them no I no no we them, understand but i, I actually like i think that they've held up worse you think they uh, have, well in in a way like like visually you can tell a lot of the visual effects is it because to Brun what Brun, you know to Bruno's point in the original trilogy it was a lot of models a lot of mannequins and mm -hmm. all of that and when it comes to the prequels it was like we have this new toy which is like visual effects and we're going to use it 
everywhere and uh, that just doesn't hold up over time as well which is why nowadays a lot of the expanded universe actually went back to using the models and all of it to capture that initial magic um, so in some ways I would agree but I do think that when it comes to the fight scenes when it comes to like the overall feel of it um, I really did quite enjoy it and even i know that a lot of people talk about like the politics of the prequels like the the, the whole trade federation what's going on and the the, the um uh, all the political discussion etc but i actually yeah. loved it i remember when i was like a teenager watching the film and i loved it because it, it made it so realistic it made yeah. it so so true to form it made sense and also it's because war. i was you know preparing to uh, study international relations which has a lot of connections to political science so there's a lot of that there as well but for me the geopolitics of it made so much sense and i was like yeah i love this because it's all like the, the whole thing about how democracy ends and how with that applause that line was freaking amazing though that yeah, line was like it marked me man it's chilling isn't it it's chilling and and it's 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 so true as well it's like just becoming a dictator just by like bit by bit and you don't even realize it and suddenly you're in an empire and like this evil overlord is watching you um or watching over you or something but um yeah i actually have a, a, a funny story just before i forget about it but i actually have a funny story about watching the prequels uh, and it was actually when my mind was blown about star wars for the first time so i watched the first film right loved it was a young kid loved everything about it even the the whole pod racing thing because i was like eight nine or something now this Um, is pod racing yeah um (laughs) maybe a little bit older actually because when did it come out 1999 i think anyway it doesn't matter the point is i watched it right and I, i at that point i hadn't watched the original uh films i knew sort of about them because my dad had talked to me about them but i had never watched them or anything like that so i go and i watch the first film yeah really cool i really like that kid character right anakin yeah very annie yeah yeah he's a very cool character then you know they bring out a lot of merchandise a lot of marketing stuff and i remember vividly uh, having a box of cereal in my hand and uh, you know when you were young you didn't have a mobile <laughs> phone so uh, in order when you are eating your cereal or something instead of watching a screen you're reading like the back of the cereal box or something yeah, yeah. like that so I'm reading the back of the cereal box and then it's, it has like this stuff about Star Wars and it gives you the descriptions of the characters and then suddenly I'm reading about Anakin and then it's like I felt my heart sink because I was reading about Anakin and it sort of gives a description that ends sort of like oh and who could imagine that this young innocent boy would one day become Darth Vader and I swear to god I nearly spat out my cereal I was like what? what do you mean? how do they know? how do they know? what? what? how would the kid? he's so innocent what is going on? so I'm very disappointed that's amazing uh, went up they went up to my dad and I was like, what does this mean? With explain the yourself. What does this mean? Yeah, explain it to me. And he says, oh yeah, yeah, that happens. I was like, how are you so <laughs> casual about this? Son, I don't understand it's time. why you're so casual about this. Son, it's time we had the talk. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, are yeah, we going I to remember ac- that very, very well. And then I was okay with it. But uh, Are we going yeah. to acknowledge the elephant of the room and talk about the midi-chlorians? Oh, I've got um, a, a bunch of controversial things lined up I actually here. like the midi-chlorians. I don't have a problem with them. I, uh, I have a bunch of commercial things that I've prepared to see if you guys agree with them. Okay, uh, yeah, go ahead. Shoot them. So... One of the observations I just want to make before I go through this list is I watched the original trilogy before the prequel trilogy. And I think maybe yeah. you guys did it the other way around. So Probably. I think no, I did, I, I did watch watch them as they came out. So I didn't watch them chronologically. I watched them mm. as they came out. Okay. Okay. So this was the first largely commercial star wars release where the opportunity for making money on toys had already been fully realized and i think that the plot of the movie and the story came second to that at all moments during the trilogy Mm -hmm. would you agree or disagree with that statement no i i agree I don't see how that involves midichlorians, but yeah, I agree. This they. Oh, I'll get to that. It's on my it list. Was... <laughs> yeah. Ooh, tell me that statement again. Basically, the... the second trilogy is a commercial for toys. Um, I don't think that it was more than the original one. Interesting. Interesting. I think the first one was just as guilty of that as the second one especially especially when you get to episode five and six i yes i can see more five and six um but i think that at least five and six had a more coherent ongoing plot okay Um, i'll 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 concede yes a little bit more but probably not that big of a difference but yes slightly more but yeah um so what else have I got um so I feel like some of the characters and models and settings were likely tested on audiences but it doesn't seem like they tested a lot of the story itself which sort of takes a back seat at times um and I think one of the things that stands out most particularly in the first film, which none of the other films really suffer from, and not that this film tremendously suffers from it, but there is no main character. Um, Interesting. I, I think it's the only one of the nine films that doesn't have a main character. So you think they don't have a main character then? Who would you say is the main character in episode one? In episode one, Anakin. You think no, Anakin? No, wait, no, no, no. Episode, sorry. The, in episode one, Obi Wan. No. You think Obi Wan? Yeah, I, I, I no, think... I sincerely say Obi Wan. I think Qui Gon. Yeah. This is this is kind of my point. Is that you can have. There's no clear main character. You've got you've got two different characters. They're more of a duo, those two, for most of the movie. And I don't That's think the true. film I don't think the film suffers from it at all, but it is the only film out there with like only Star Wars film that exists that doesn't have a clear main character. 
Um, I don't know. Who would you say is the main character of episode two? I would still say it's a duo. I would say that there's a duo, definitely, but I would say Anakin is the main character at that point. Yeah. The, the story. Because yeah, I was thinking of episode two when his, I said Anakin. His descent. Mm. I mean, the, the, I would say he's the main character of the prequels. I don't know film by film, but he's definitely the main character of the prequels, whereas Luke is the main character of the original, and God knows who in the sequels, but we'll get there. So and a, what? Uh, so anyway, sorry. Go, go back to the midichlorians. <laughs> he really wants to hear about midichlorians. Man. I've got, I've got two more contra potentially controversial points to get to. Go on, I get go on, on, my go on, go on. I, I can jump if you want. No, no, no. Go on, go on. Uh, going back to the music um, that that Bruno was humming, the do 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 do. I think Jewel of Fates. Best piece of Star Wars mu music ever written. Oof. Um, mm. I don't know. Again, I also like uh, the Darth Vader theme. Yeah. I, I, it's not the most famous, but I think the best. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think there's a lot of very, very good pieces uh, of music in the Star Wars universe. But overall best like it may not be the most memorable even though it is memorable it may so uh, but when it comes to being like how it sounds musically how it makes you feel probably the most epic probably the best yeah i, I, I wouldn't disagree with you i cannot I agree or disagree i i simply can't <laughs> i like i like you know i like them too much. Uh, the Imperial March is just something that I have too close to my heart to be able to say that dueling. Uh... Yeah, but but piece of music that doesn't that mean that I don't mind. like dueling, though. Yeah, but the, the piece of music that came to your mind when we discussed Star Wars music was Duel of Fates. <laughs> yeah. So it that speaks to something. But I mean, I'm again, I'm incredibly biased because Darth Maul no, is I, my I favorite see it. villain. I see it. I uh, I absolutely love Darth Maul. I think his expanded universe storylines and his, I think Darth Maul's rivalry with Obi Wan throughout the expanded universe is the best thing in Star Wars, even more so than Obi Wan's rivalry with Darth Vader and Anakin. Um, but interesting, one for another time. So this is probably my most controversial opinion on the list. And you may disagree with me. Pedro, I think you especially will disagree with me here, particularly because of your, <laughs> okay, uh, okay. your serial story earlier. I think episode one would have worked better if Anakin just wasn't in it, or if he entered somehow very close to the end. I know it's very much the backstory for his character, but I don't think there was ever really a massive need to see him as a child. I don't think anything that would gained with including him in the movie that could not have been gained in the second movie with just a little bit of dialogue. There was a really big missed opportunity to expand on the Jedi Order and more of the political background of how they came into power, which is something that really hadn't been touched upon until that point. Rather than spending time and exploring um, sort of a, a mother-son dynamic between him and Padme, which they then almost made weird because they become a love interest in the next movie. I feel that he would have probably been better introduced just with Hayden Christensen and maybe have some flashback scenes if they needed it. 
Well, I would agree, except precisely, weirdly enough, because of the midichlorians. <laughs> because I think it was... Yeah, really, because I think it was important to be like, oh no, he didn't have a father, he's space Jesus. You know? Yeah. So this is my this is my next one. Um, but what what are you, what? So you you agree apart from that point that he he didn't really need to be because that essentially that what you're talking about is a line in a scene where he isn't in it anyway, Bruno. Yeah, but he needed to be there in order for that dialogue to make sense. No, I mean like, maybe. They can have it as like a disposition expo in a different scene, like Qui Gon or someone could say, oh, "I spoke to his mom, and you know, she, she that said would, that she, you say she that met right this midichlorian in a bar." <laughs> you said that right now, but if you would have had it the other way, if all of a sudden you just get a dump of exposition of, "Wait, why is that teenager here?" Yeah, remember that he's here because when he was a kid, we brought him in the order, even though he was too old to be trained, but we brought him in the order because his midichlorian count is too high. What is midichlorian? It's a thing that tells you how in touch you are with the Force. By the way, did you know that he's a space Jesus? Everyone will be like, really? That exposition dump out of the blue? I think they yeah. have to show him as a kid. If, yeah. uh, maybe not as long as you say. Maybe they did waste a lot of time. But they have to show him as a kid just so that you can see how even without training, he was already able to predict the future and that's why he was so good at uh, pod racing. How he was a space Jesus. And to introduce the whole conflict of let's train him even though he's too old. Which brings me to another thing that I'm angry about the newest, newest trilogy. Because Anakin <laughs> was a prodigy and he was barely able to pod race by reading the future. And in the newest, newest trilogy, you have a kid that moves a broom with the force while he's bored, like, brooming the floor. It's like, oh, nice. So this guy is really a prodigy. Like, the chosen one was barely able to read the future and this guy is doing force push. Well, I mean, um, it's implied that the reason why Anakin is so good at pod racing, and I, I, I did pick up on, I don't know if Pedro heard you, um, but I did pick up on your, now this is pod racing comment yes, earlier, did, yeah. which he says when he's in a spaceship. And it, I mean, the pitch meeting guy really slams that one. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense as dialogue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're... It is implied that Anakin is immaculately conceived. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. It is implied that that is because of midichlorians in some way. So the implication is that midichlorians are these tiny little space life forms for anyone that doesn't know. And they live inside each and every one of us. And this is something that was introduced in this movie and then generally avoided because of the backlash it does get mentioned again um it does sort of feature throughout star wars again but more they talk about how the force lives in every every thing every living thing every rock every tree every wa like waterfall every mountain it's it's all around us whereas in this movie they try and make out that it is some kind of tiny little living organism where the more of these little living organisms we have inside us the more force sensitive we would be um and i yeah the the implication was that these living organisms formed anakin inside uh shmi his mother 
Yeah, that Palpatine so, basically maneuvered the the midichlorians to make so Palpatine is yeah, his dad just... without being his dad. Mm. Excuse me? Palpatine is his dad without being his dad. Like, How is his... Palpatine his dad? Because he's not his That's genetic... That's a theory. It's not called... No, no, no. What I mean is he's not his gen... Well, it was in, Uni... in what is now Legends. It's not that he is his genetic dad, but Palpatine moved the midichlorians to make it so that Shmi Shmi yeah, will that's... be pregnant. Yeah, but that's legends, as you say. So, at this point, like, I think it's at this point is more just of a theory. Uh, what I don't get is why? Why go with an immaculate conception story? Like, I don't understand the need. I don't know. Like, I get the fact of the comparison to Jesus and all of that, but I just find it a little bit unnecessary i just don't understand why they would include it like even when i was a kid i already understood and the the comparative imagery to religion but i just don't understand why there's a lot there's a lot more subtle ways and there's a lot better ways of doing it rather than literally going like oh yeah he's space jesus yeah just because they wanted to make space well that's the only thing but but again, Sorry? just because they wanted to make him space Jesus. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, but I, I just don't understand the need to do it so obviously. Uh, but going back to your question, Dan, <clears throat> about what I think. Uh, what was your question um, that you said that so, I might disagree with you? I, my question, if I were to summarize it in a shorter way, is I think Anakin is only in the movie for as long as he is. With as oh, yeah. As big a point as he is to try and get children's root for him. To get a new generation of kids into Star Wars. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, but um, um, what I think, I think that if the prequels were going to be the story of Anakin, I don't think that you could have Episode One without him. But there's like a million ways that you could write an episode about him. You could have him be a, a presence on the film without him ever showing up. Uh, you could have a lot of different stories about him. You could have already introduced him on episode one as an adult uh, or something like that. You could introduce him as not as a kid that is going to fall in love with a, an older woman, which is fine, but it's still weird when you've seen him as a kid. Um, so there's a lot of ways you could have done it, but I think he was crucial for the episode, for the narrative. Uh, but, you know, I don't disagree with you in terms of, you know, that specific storyline about him appearing on episode one like that's completely unnecessary the way it was written but i do think that he was crucial yeah i just for me uh the the kid that played him i did fine don't get me wrong i i don't yeah yeah i, I know he got like massively bullied and quit acting afterwards um yeah like i i would have thought that it would have been like so cool to have been in that and i yeah it was a real massive massive shame how he got treated i thought he did For a sure. tremendous job in that movie but the casting of hayden christensen afterwards who again i thought did a really good job yeah he was given, wasted giving what he had to work with yeah i just thought that they they acted the character too differently and i realized that they were like what 10 years apart in age by that point yeah but yeah there was that it was like night and day it was like two completely different characters and i just didn't and even with vader isn't it like it doesn't it doesn't behave like you would expect vader to do like i would yeah. have much rather i'll 
like I would have much rather seen a cold, calculating motherfucker who is good turn into evil without those around him understanding it, um, and just like. I, I don't know, I think that they just didn't tell his story very well. The whole angsty teenager thing, I just didn't think it suited him very well. I would have expected mm -hmm. a, a gradual transition or something like well, that. Not, I not just only think that, that didn't do it very well. I, I found it amusing how, and obviously I've seen the meme, so I, I don't even know if this is a, an original thought or not, but I found it amusing how they were like, oh, I killed younglings, and they were like, what? The the, young, the the human babies? No, no, no. The sand people. I killed junglings, remember? It's not the first time I kill actual innocent people with kids. And I'm like, yeah, but those are sand people. They don't matter. Like, they don't care that Anakin starts killing innocents until they're, like, their innocence. But it, when it was, like, Jawas, oh, yeah, it's fine. You can kill moms and children indiscriminately. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. One of the big things that came out of that for me was how quickly the descent into being pure evil happened, though. And yeah, it, like yeah. I, I don't know. You've have you seen Clone Wars, Bruno? Yeah, the, the TV series, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know you have, Pedro. So I think between us, we we can all concede that they masterfully craft the gap of Anakin. Yes going from from anakin to darth vader frustrated yeah. frustrated teenager who's learning and wants to take on more responsibility to him getting seduced by palpatine and seduced by the dark side over a significant period of time over the course of yeah. the movie they didn't handle it very well because they chose to do it all in one film they didn't really include any of it in the second film apart from that one moment where the um is it it's the tuscans isn't it he kills yes. the tuscans yeah, the Tuscan i think Raiders. i think Tuscan it's Raiders, important yeah. to clarify uh not to shame you bruno because i think this is one of the things that is absolutely in, done like to death online but i think calling them sand people is probably quite offensive <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, that's, that, no actually i did it on purpose and i'll tell you why because there's another thing that i wanted to touch about the prequels one mm. he killed tuscan raiders again and no one cares that he kills baby tuscan raiders but he's on admission mm. even though later in mandalorian that explained that tuscan raiders are sentient beings just like everyone else so right mm. off the bat that is like eh. But not only that, I refer to them as sand people just because the movie referred to them as sand people. And the movie, the, the prequels, are filled with racial stereotypes. Like, the I, I don't even want to, because I don't remember, but the name of Anakin's <laughs> owner? Man, he even has the hat. And then... Watto, the, isn't it? Yeah, Watto. Yeah, I think it's Guato. Yeah. yeah, well, even the name Guato sounds like uh, a slur you will say to a Jewish person. And the Viceroys, they have even the the super racist, stereotypical uh, Fudo Japanese accent that Americans used to do in their movies. Like, I don't know who thought there that was like a good idea to do, but mate, that things are like that is something that definitely didn't. Age well, and I didn't notice it until I was yeah. older. But then I was like, even with Guato, like when he showed the hat, I was like, this is on purpose. Like, there's some things that maybe you could say was unintentional. This wasn't like that was a, a, an actual decision. 
making him sort of subtly greedy as well. And Yeah, know. and how he rub his hands, like, oh, yeah, I like this Master Jedi. Yes, yes. And no, it's, it's oof, no. And again, the bias um, is very stereotypically Japanese. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we've talked for an hour nearly for, for this for this trilogy so far and we haven't even mentioned Jar Jar yet and um like do we have to <laughs> I, I think I think the abuse well yeah that was intentional think, wasn't it <laughs> I, I think the abuse that Jar the actor that played Jar Jar got as well um was just yeah that was bad it was very very much an early case of the racism we're seeing now with more modern shows uh, that's true that is it, true. It, it was. Uh, I. I don't think he did a bad job. I think he was cast in to play what was essentially a jester in a movie where he wanted to make ten-year-olds and y- younger laugh. Yeah. And yeah, I think he you probably did a good. Didn't he? Yeah, I, I think he probably did a good job of that, and he got the full brunt of all of the neckbeard Star Wars fans that decided you don't have a place in our universe. Um, and we're, yeah. we're seeing it. We're seeing it with Tolkien fans now. We're seeing it with Game of Thrones fans now. Where well, the Star Wars fandom is toxic as hell. Like they also, I forgot yeah. the name of the character, but the actress, the who in the latest uh, sequels, the the Asian America, he she also had to quit social media. Kelly, was Kelly like, Marie Tran. Yeah, everyone was like, "What the yeah. hell are you doing? Why is a a, a, a woman that is." like Asian on my Star Wars and why is Finn black and a Star Troop like the the Star Wars fanboys is awful like there's yeah. no way around it it, it is we'll, awful we'll get on to Kelly Marie Tram when we talk about the the next uh, set of films but so, it, it didn't help her that she got given possibly the worst plot line of any that's what I was going to say that's movie. what I was going to say as well unfortunately the problem with, the problem with a lot of the uh, nowadays criticism about these shows that you were mentioning is that a lot of these plot lines are just really shit and it's hard to distinguish sometimes between like the people who genuinely have concerns about the storylines and the people who just don't like it because you know black person or because women or because whatever so it's really really hard and a lot of it is because a lot of this stuff just doesn't have good quality because it's what you're saying like even with Jar Jar like it's just a poorly written character and then you also mm-hmm. have the impact of people were just being racist so it, it can be I don't think it's that hard sure. to distinguish because for example with Jar Jar I never heard I'm not saying it didn't happen but I never heard anyone attacking it as oh he's obviously black coded they were just complaining that Jar Jar was awful right no I, I don't mean the right. character sorry I mean the actors no 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 I know I know but yeah. let me let me just yeah. do, to go to Pedro's point mm. I never heard anyone complaining about Jar Jar being black coded they were just complaining that Jar Jar was an awful character and yes, they attacked the mm. actor for it, but they attacked him saying, you shouldn't ask, you should kill yourself, blah, 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 blah. But with Finn, with Ray, and with this other lady, which I keep forgetting her name, they attacked them for their race and for their gender. It's different. They never said, just your character suck. They said, your character suck and you're Asian. Your character suck and yeah. you're a woman. Your character suck and you're black. That is not... Unfortunately, mm, like, that... The, is a product of the time more than anything, I think. Yeah. 
So I that that thing yeah. of oh it's because the plot sucks. I mean yes, but they're not complaining just because the plot sucks. They're complaining because some people are. Yeah, some people are. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm obviously not talking about them. I'm talking because mm. you're basically saying oh, they the brunt of it is because the character sucks, right? So if the if they were amazing characters, they wouldn't be criticized. I'm saying mm, I don't think so because they're not criticizing I, just the plot. I I I I I. I think to to a certain degree, yes. I think it would be I think it would be drowned out. So you would always have it, but I think it would be drowned out. I think those voices are just amplified because the characters aren't exceptional, and that's not fault of the actors, and it's not fault of who they are. It's just a fault of a little bit of the writing. So I just think that yes, I agree with you. That would always be there, but I think it would be drowned out because you do have characters that are women, and you do have characters that are black, etc., and they don't suffer. Star Wars? Uh, no, no, well, in Star Wars, I mean, you have it in different media. Something that comes to mind now is something a bit different, but that's because of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole thing about uh, Nick Fury being black when he's white in the comics. No one complained about that, but when it is now Ariel as a mermaid for the Little Mermaid. Oh no, but I'm talking about the Star about Wars fans. Uh, so, so this, this, uh, but I don't want to get too much into that. Uh, but the point is, I think that if the characters are good or you know well written i think it drowns out those voices you did have some people complaining about nick fury in the beginning i remember reading about it but no one continued complaining about it once you know it once he actually gave it life yeah, to character so i think it's, bottom, it's definitely tricky the bottom line is you replace that actress with anyone else it doesn't matter what their heritage is doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman and you give them that plot like i didn't even think she did a bad job acting it at all no i don't think she, she, but you she have got for given example, the, the dumbest plot oh. i've ever heard sorry no executioner was, yeah. what is the name of the ah i forgot the inquisitors no no not the inquisitors in the obi-wan series that is a good yeah. character that oh. was really good acted and they still bullied her out of how was that a good character <laughs> what the inquisitor you didn't like her I hated her. Like oh, okay. it was horrible. Like it was so like the character was so dumb. Like, oh yeah, I planned this for my entire life, so my plan is to kill kids so that I can take revenge on you from killing kids. And I'm going to wait the entire time, but then I'm going to strike you now because plot. And it's just like what? And then she had the cheesiest lines and this whole revenge yeah. arc. And Rebel. it's nothing to do. Yeah, Reva. And it's nothing to do... Like, I just didn't... Yeah, I just didn't like the character. <laughs> I, I, totally, uh, I was really I totally disappointed. agree with you. I'm not... I think there is... Not to derail at all. Like, I completely get what you're saying, Bruno. And I 100% agree with you. There is an inordinate... Yeah, I agree as well. Just so we're on the same page. Racism. Yeah, we, we're all in total agreement. Um, but I find it can be very derailing. Um... But yeah, a hundred percent. We have to acknowledge the the fan base is yeah toxic as hell, and unfortunately, it's made it a very difficult place for a lot of actors and actresses to come in. Absolutely, and thrive. And it shouldn't be like that. And it shouldn't be like that. But to what Pedro is saying, I also feel that just because they are having that abuse shouldn't make them immune to criticisms agreed 
if they no, did no, a bad completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying we should poor. go the other way around and say, oh, I w I shouldn't criticize this acting job because it is being played by a, an Asian uh, female or or whatever. Mm. No, 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 no. That's what I keep saying. I love the series, but I still have them to scrutiny. I love a, a, a role, but I still will criticize the actor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't see why making a comment about something that is completely irrelevant uh, should be part of the discourse. It's like, yeah, Anakin was awful. Like, the sand thingy and the expressions and everything. But then go on and say, and besides, he's a white male. Eh, that will, like, have nothing to do with it. So why say it? Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I just uh, wanted to say regarding episode one before I forget is that uh, the thing that annoyed me most, and I think this was out of all the prequels, and uh, you may not believe this, but I still don't get it to this day. It still confuses me to this day. Is the whole uh, plot about switching uh, the princesses around with the the, the handmaiden or whatever. <laughs> like sw swapping them around that that whole plot i still don't get it to these days it's, so. it's amazing like so she basically they were under the impression that uh princess amidala's life was at under threat okay so they they thought that there was going to be assassination attempts because of yeah because of the the threat from the trade federation because the, uh, the the fastest way to get like power on Naboo would be to take her out. So they put this decoy in place. She essentially is a body double. So her role is to basically make sure die. that... Yeah, <laughs> her, her main role... Her, you, you've nailed it. Her role is to die. And at, at the moment where she gets assassinated... <laughs> She's lying there, and the real Queen Amidala is holding her in her arms, and she apologizes for failing her, and she's literally done her main purpose. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean failing me? That was that was my whole shtick. Yeah, it's like, no, no, you did great. Like, you survived. I'm That's really proud point. of you. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe she was just having. Uh, what is the expression? Um, she was just feeling, oh, what is it when you when you're doing a job that you think you're not qualified? Imposter for? syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe she was just having imposter syndrome. Like, I got this gig, but I I don't think I'm good enough for it. So, <laughs> can you imagine those being your last thoughts as you as you die? Like, did I die in a convincing enough way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, how are we doing for time? Because I have a couple more. I think we uh, go, go if we go through it quickly, then that's fine. But I think we'll have to move on to the sequels. Fortunately, yeah. I don't think that we have much to say about. Well, I mean, we have a lot to say about the sequels, but I don't think they're worth our time uh, to uh, brief it at the beginning. But yeah, what else did you want to say about the prequels? So, not a lot more, but. Pod racing added absolutely nothing to the movie. It added it a video a, game for the yeah. N64. It took up, yeah, it took up a huge amount of time and has a wildly elaborate impact considering like how much it affected the plot because yeah, they, they had this insanely high-stakes race where they bet 
basically everything they could on a child to win a spaceship part, yeah. despite not checking any other shop in the entire of Tatooine. So the implication is yeah, if yeah, he didn't yeah. win this race, they would be just stuck there forever. Um, so I felt like they could have probably added that in without it being so high stakes and it would have had the same effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I felt in this trilogy that the powers and plot lines were very fast and loose. So, for example, at the start of the first film, we see the one and only use of force speed outside of video games. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's... <laughs> yeah. Um, they literally never use it again. Um, so, I uh, yeah. Um, I can think of many situations where it would have been incredibly useful. And they just... <laughs> maybe they forgot. Maybe it wasn't... It didn't come up. I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, I uh, it, it it just didn't come up again. And um, what else do I have? So yeah, um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention, really, um, which goes into the extra sort of no longer canon law was did you guys know that Owen Lars um actually killed uh I can't remember if it was Darth Maul or yeah I think it was Darth Maul um they wrote it out as no longer canon um but yeah uh like on an extended universe thing yeah because Obviously, you don't really realise when Darth Maul's falling down that giant shaft that yeah. he doesn't die from it. Yeah. Um, and I think that given that they either didn't intend to bring him back at that point or they knew he was going to and chose that they were going to basically just give him robot legs... Um, mm. like, I don't know, like, all we know about him is that he's, like, a, Zaf a Zabrak from the planet of Dathomir. As far as I'm aware, they're not, like, worms. Like, they do need all of their body to survive. Yeah. Um, sure. So, we don't really know a huge amount about his backstory. I know that, like, some of the Sith can use their hatred to survive things that would kill other people. Um, but... Yeah, I, I I thought it was a bit either short-sighted or... So what happened odd. with Owen Lars? He was going to kill him. So or he killed him in Nixon's universe. They they change it in the canon in the end so that it is uh, eventually Obi-Wan that kills him. But uh, yeah, so Darth Maul finds out about Luke. Um, yeah, so he survived and his brothers survived as well. His mm. destructor or destroyer or some dumb name like that. And they both have Sith tattoos, but the brother has orange Sith tattoos. I think that's significance. I don't remember why. But he has orange yellowy Sith tattoos instead of red. And then he fights another duel with Obi-Wan where they're old. And, and that's actually something that I like a lot. Obi-Wan like, won against him by fucking up with his mind because they were dueling and all this time obi-wan is dueling with his banta or bantme i forgot the name of the pose but with his style yeah. the one that obi-wan uses and then 
like Qui-Gon is, I mean, sorry, uh, Darth Maul is obviously pairing it because he's been training his whole life or the rest of his life to beat Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan realizes and switches to the stance that Qui-Gon used. And that mm. fucks yeah. up with with uh, Darth Maul and Obi-Wan is like, okay, bye. I really yeah. like that, actually. Yeah, so sure. it was a game of chess, wasn't it? Or rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, it was... He, he baited him because he it, it went full circle. It closed the book on the whole encounter and he baited him into knowing that he was going to hit him with the, the handle of the staff and go for the kick and he knew it was coming. So, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, amazing. And then the, the last thing I'll say, and this is probably my, my closing sort of point because i think i could go on for hours about this yeah uh i don't know if i i, I want to swear here for emphasis but i won't you can but... no 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 it's fine in, no, in side quest we swear oh great who the fuck is cypher diaz i mean i know but <laughs> I like yeah. just random name through <laughs> yeah these notes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, oh. I thought the same thing. I was like, who who the hell is that? Who the hell is that? So yeah, I like that. Cool. Yeah. Uh so let's bring let's bring this home. And I do have one more thing that I would say in general about Star Wars, but we'll leave that towards the end. Uh it may be seen as controversial. But uh before we do that, uh let's bring it home with the sequels. So thoughts on the sequels. Mm, I don't like them. Period. Yeah. I I found um, a lot of inconsistencies. I mean, I saw them and uh, yeah, actually something that I I said to a lot of friends as movies, I like them. Uh, as Star Wars movies, not so much. That being said, the first one, uh, so the first of the latest prequel, I like. Mm -hmm. the most out of the three the trilogy yeah, yeah. because of the parallels it has uh, yeah. with the yeah. original but other yeah. than that yeah no that's it so Bef before before we go to you dan because i know you'll have mm. a lot to say in the topic but just to let you just from my perspective yeah i completely agree i don't like them i watched the first one i loved episode seven right i loved episode seven because for me it was exactly what bruno was saying it was it had a lot of parallels it was bringing it all together again some of it didn't really make sense but i could like i could look past it and i really liked some of the stuff that they did and then with eight nine not only did i not like them but i also felt that they made episode seven retroactively worse and don't even get me started on episode nine because episode eight at least tried to do something but episode nine like honestly it's so much worse than any kind of fan fiction let's not even get started on somehow he came back which i think i should have walked out of the theater when that line was said uh, because uh, uh yeah it's just like no i'm done uh, but i'm sure you have a few things to say as well yeah well again it, the whole how basically i don't like the upscaling on powers I mean, don't get me wrong, I know it mirrors real life. I know that if you see a video of the Olympics of 50 years ago, for example, an acrobat, you will see that one pirouette gives him a 10. And now they have to do 
freaking tons of things to get a, even an 8. So I know in real life things escalate too, but I really cannot swallow how Anakin was the chosen one. And again, he can barely see the future. And then in these movies, you have a kid just brooming with the Force. And how Rey, without doing anything, can all of a sudden Force heal? Which is one of the hardest things <laughs> to do. And she's like, let me just heal this like gigantic wound that this worm has because <laughs> plot. It's like, no, no, just no. Um, yeah. So, just, I, I, I hope this is something that people listening to this in the future can relate to. And I hope this is something that you guys can relate to as well, because this is a game that we played in school when I was a kid. But basically, you fold a piece of paper multiple times. Um, oh, and... the who you're going to marry and you do head movements and it's a yes or a no, like a Ouija board kind of? No, that's not at all where I'm going with this, okay. but I'm interested <laughs> in um, So basically, you fold a piece of paper into like four, and then someone draws a head and a shoulders of some sort of character, and you, you basically, you have the lines from the shoulders coming down onto I the see, next I see. piece of the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fold your bit over, and you pass it onto the next person. Yeah. That person then draws something. And then they have the lines that go down to the next bit and they pass it on to a third person and then a fourth person. And eventually you end up with one whole picture. But it was drawn by four different people who had no idea other than yeah. these two little connecting lines what the previous person had made. That, yeah, is, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that is the best way that I can that. create an analogy for that trilogy. Um, I totally agree with what you said. Episode uh, 7 was, in my opinion, fantastic. Um, I have rewatched it multiple times. I absolutely loved it. Um, I feel like had they have just stuck with the same director for the whole trilogy, they could have had something really special. Even um, if it wasn't J.J. Abrams. Just one director. Yeah, just one director for the whole trilogy. They could have had something special, but what they had in the end i think it didn't just retrospectively make seven worse they made luke's character worse they made oh. the emperor worse <laughs> they made they damaged yeah. and harmed the entire star wars wider universe which now they're going to spend years retconning so my plot at the moment my theory at the moment and i don't know if this is something that you've got you probably read similar things online maybe you haven't but my theory of why they were using baby yoda at the moment is because of his high midichlorian count because they needed him to test the technology and use the technology to try and bring the emperor back so oh okay i think that that's where the mandalorian start story is going i think they're going to have a couple of seasons where they're exploring mandalore and then I think that that's what they were alluding to. That's the science that they were doing yeah. is that they were using the high force content blood because he needs really high force content blood full of midichlorians to, to harness the power of the dark side. And there's only one species known to them that is always very, very full of that concentrated blood. So I think even now, without us even realizing it, they're retconning those mistakes 
they're trying to link up those films in the best way that they can because they've made (laughs) yeah because they've made such an absolute shit show of those those films yeah Um, no then again it's so ah did you see that interview in which luke is saying after the movie and he's no longer contractually obliged to like it that he wrote he read the script and he's like but that's not what luke would have done that's mm-hmm. not what a hero would have done. What do you mean he tried to kill his own nephew because he saw a glimpse of the dark side? Like, no, that makes complete and utter not sense. Like, yep. he saw the redemption of Darth I wish Vader. It was only that. <laughs> like, ah, no, it's just ah. That they, they yeah, it's, it's a... that scene single-handedly destroyed what should be the hero of the entire franchise. Yep. Yeah. Um. And like, I I appreciate that we have flaws and things, but, but not that. they ruined him. Yeah. They ruined him a, as a, a character. A flaw is, oh, I couldn't. I'm not good at teaching, so I don't have enough teachers, and I'm not. I'm not good <laughs> at bringing the <laughs> the Jedi back because I just can't can't bring myself to teach the secrets, or I'm I'm not good at conveying stuff. Not I'm gonna kill my nephew because he mis because he probably will misbehave. Like no. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah, it's horrible. The The entire thing is horrible. Leia over in the space, like, floating around is awful. Uh, not using Captain Phasma is awful. The whole character of of Finn or Flynn or whatever it is, like, it's, it's entirely, like, you could see that there was some sort of point to him. I was so, so on board on Episode 7. I was so on board to get, like, a Stormtrooper become, like, using a, a, Jedi. a, a lightsaber and becoming a Jedi and discovering yeah. that they're Force-sensitive. I was so on board with that like the whole thing with like the 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 other one uh, the, his friend the the captain friend whatever uh, mm. what was his name i can't remember but like that was underutilized the the plot with like that asian um, asian american woman was also like completely pointless like uh, the thing on episode 8 where they go to that planet gambling and something like there's so many things that I don't even know where to begin this is only 7 and 8 but when it comes to 9 like it's the translation of Sith language by C-3PO and like this force heal and him returning the weird sexual tension between Kylo Ren and Rey like why why did you need I don't understand this transporting matter through the force transporting matter through the force and like just the, the the whole thing the whole thing it was just so convoluted i liked like okay episode seven i liked it at the time because it was like a, a sort of soft reboot okay fair enough i liked one scene in episode eight which is the fight scene that they have in the throne room absolutely amazing um then it comes to episode nine and i don't think i liked a single thing from episode nine and that is not even to mention snoke what the fuck did they do with snoke and then the whole thing about ray's parents it's important oh no it's not actually yes it is i think there was this connect i think that was gonna they were they were gonna make something about it then the second director was like actually psych let's not do anything about it and then the third director was like Okay, now let's do something about it, but not what we originally intended. Well, the third director was the first director. Yeah, I know, so. but because the second one basically fudged it up, the third director was like, okay, I want to bring the plot back, but now I'm going to have to switch it a little bit. And yeah, it was retconning. Oh it, it was a mess. I, I don't know if you um, you realize, but the original script 
for episode nine leaked recently, and John oh, yeah. John Boyega was actually interviewed about it, and he said that he um, he's never been able to read it, and he never will because he knows the story arc for his character was going to be fantastic, and it got destroyed. Yeah, well, the um, whole like you said, the whole thing they wasted Snook. It's like, oh, it's a failed clone of Palpatine. What? What? And also the whole of oh, the the Knights of Ren. Oh, by the way, they're irrelevant now. Like, wait, what? Weren't they like, weren't you gonna make something with them? Mm. No, no, we're not. It's like, ah. And then at the end, no, I'm a Skywalker. Fuck off. Oh, yeah. Fuck no, off, mate. Nah, nah. Like, ah. So. I'm just conscious that I only have 2% of battery left on my phone. And I do <laughs> want to uh, to <laughs> finish this. But we're coming to a good point anyway. Um, but that actually brings me to something that I just want to say before we leave. I don't know how controversial this is going to be. Maybe a little, maybe a lot. But essentially, I think that they completely wasted uh, the sequel trilogy. And even the ending to this one. Because in reality... I, do, I, I don't see the point of Luke trying to bring the Jedi back in any way, because to my point, um, I yeah, I completely agree that the Jedi are evil and that the Jedi Order shouldn't exist in the Star Wars universe, because I think that they do more harm than they do good. Well, that was part of the um, leak plot point. So, yeah. So I know you don't have batteries, so let's close it up, but that was part of the leak plot point. Joda, as a ghost force, was supposed to confirm because luke was conflicted about the rulings of the jedi order and joda was supposed to tell him don't do what i did i stuck to the orders and that's why basically brought us down you need to be more flexible and for example accept love and accept emotions and blah 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 and then they just never did that exactly like i think that's uh obviously the sith are not good but i think that the jedi just they are completely evil. The whole thing about removing children from their parents, like it's kind of forced. It doesn't seem like it's much of a choice. It's never presented as, do you want to come? Or it's barely presented like that. And the whole teachings about being very stoic and not letting emotion run through in any capacity, uh, like uh, not informing people, just a lot of it secrets, does. a lot of that stuff. I, yeah, I ne- it never sits well with me, the order it does get explored in knights of the old republic um quite well where it does you you go and represent the jedi order and they're like jedi sith i don't care you bring war to my home we'd rather on neither of you were here you're all the same yeah but again they were going to redeem them in the third one with the whole yoda and and obi-wan guiding luke into making a new better order and then they were like nah Let's make it so that Palpatine clone himself and somehow Rey is his granddaughter, but she is a Skywalker and let's end this before we end up killing the franchise and not being able to bring it back. (laughs) Exactly. But hey, at least the Mandalorian is doing really well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Mandalorian is good. I enjoyed that. Um, we, but that's uh, a whole episode in itself. Yeah, I, I the think extended stuff. There's definitely there's the extended sort of animation, and then there's the extended uh, sort of. Yeah, when we talk the animation, I'm gonna talk more about it because in this time I think I was the the contrarian. I was the other side. 
but the animation is flawless, <laughs> basically. And I'm so excited to see Ezra back. Oh, me nice. too. Nice. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks for case... uh, joining me on my podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback to the beginning. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dan, thank you so much for taking this time to speak to us um, about Star Wars. I know that we know that it's a very it's a topic very close to your heart so we definitely appreciate this and i'm sure that when our kids listen to this in the future they'll be very appreciative of your perspective on it uh hopefully they will have watched some of it so that they're not entirely spoiled and some of it will maybe will make sense through the expanded universe when they watch it but in any case thank you so much and uh, thank you bruno as well um for you know keeping company and um having this time to discuss star wars which is a very important topic in today's uh culture yeah keeping us grounded thank you thank you so much for sharing the time these two uh hours basically that we've been rambling about star wars uh i just we we have to do this again and when we do we actually have to have some some brewskis and some some munchies to make it even better yes uh but yeah i really appreciate you guys taking your time uh, enjoying being a nerd with me and uh, Dan thank you especially for sharing your your time because I know that you made the notes and everything I was like this guy's prepared he's putting me to shame I just came in with the knowledge I already had you did homework man that's like nah ninja no but anyways thank you so much guys I really appreciate it no worries we didn't even get half, through half my notes but yeah thank I you know. For, uh... you know, well keep them we may get to it <laughs> yeah thank you for having me guys my pleasure. Cheers. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.